Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. you've all been waiting for you're tuned in to tapped out hosted by brendan tobin and sean Levine, only on the betql network what's good welcome into tapped out here on the betql network maybe you're checking us out on youtube the odyssey app however you're getting us we appreciate it produced by jake noaker with my co-host brendan tobin on the sports machine sean Levine. but forget about this sean let's talk about the new champion sean strickland Whoa, dude, I did not see that one coming. Now, I remember, Brendan, you said as we signed off for our last show, maybe it's going to be interesting, maybe it's going to be a while, maybe Sean's going to present some problems. I didn't meet anybody, including Sean himself, that said, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to beat up Israel Adesanya, I'm going to run right through him, and I'm going to win four out of the five rounds. Like That was as big as an upset, really, as we've ever seen in the history of the sport. It was uh, it, it was a great performance, man. And I, I think the thing that we have to be just so impressed by by Sean is just how technical he was. You know, we we, we think of Izzy as probably, I don't know, one of the most decorated strikers that's ever entered the octagon, and I mean, he really flummoxed him. And it really is it's so interesting to see how something that looks so simple can derail, uh, you know, the guy who has all the highlight reel moments that Izzy does. And we just saw this against a guy who you would think has, you know, more intimidating power against Alex Bejeda. And he kind of did the cage of dope thing a lot with him where he was waiting for his moment. And instead of this one, you know, Sean got that knockdown in the first round, nearly put him away. And I really just don't think Izzy ever regained his confidence to uh, to pull the trigger on anything. That's what I was going to ask you. Is that what happened? Was it the early shot? Because most of the time, like in an Israel Adesanya fight, he's the one that's controlling the fight. And Strickland, it took a while, but towards the end of the first round, put him on his ass. And at that point, the fight was completely different. Izzy did not look like himself, couldn't pull the trigger often. And Sean Strickland, especially with that jab, I mean, nobody jabs Israel Adesanya whenever they want to. And he was connecting all the time. And the craziest part was Adesanya couldn't hit Sean Strickland. It was almost like they had switched bodies at some point in that fight. Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing with uh, with Sean is that he he works so much in the pocket. Like, he's so comfortable there because that's all he does. That's all he does is he trains with sparring. He doesn't do any of this stuff with bags. He's doing it all the time in the cage. And you know, you see, he's not a guy who is easy to hit. Yeah, I mean, like he took that vicious KO from Alex Bejeda, who also got it, who also knocked out Israel Adesanya. Alex Bejeda is really strong and really fast, and if he hits you right just once, it's over for you. Izzy doesn't necessarily have that kind of devastating power, um, so it was it was very impressive to see, man. Sean was was super impressive in that performance. Not not and, so uh, much that Sean, not so much that he won the fight. I want to get producer Jake in here real quick. Jake, how surprised were you that he dominated the fight? Because that was completely one-sided. And if going into the fight, 
anybody would have said, hey, it's not going to be that fun. It's going to be really one-sided. Somebody's going to win four out of five rounds. Nobody would have been surprised. We all just would have thought it was Izzy. Yeah, it was it was shocking. I put on the screen, Sean Strickland stuns Israel Adesanya because that's what it felt like. It was stunning. Uh, I can't say I didn't. I, I, I He has the tools. Obviously, we all said it could happen, but the way it happened, the domination was surprising. And there's two things that Israel Adesanya said lost him the fight. One, he went up to Eugene Bergman, Strickland's coach, afterwards and said, you saved that man's life. With all of your call-outs, Eugene, the coach from the sideline, was calling out everything Israel Adesanya was throwing and Sean Strickland responded every single time. It frustrated Izzy. Two, Sean Strickland was putting up high posts every punch Izzy threw. So he couldn't get in. It was just something that Izzy's never seen before. It was the Philly guard, and yeah, it, it shocked him and shocked the world. So let's say that we get a rematch right away. Jake Nowaker, Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine here on Tapped Out. We appreciate you checking us out. BT, let's say we have a rematch. Let's say it's next. Let's say it's... December, January, whatever. Both guys get a full camp and healthy. What do you think the odds look like first before we talk about how you think the fight would actually go down for Adesanya Strickland too? Because the fight wasn't close. Uh, that's a good question. I think usually when we see this stuff where a, a guy has been up top like that, like Izzy, usually the odds sway pretty strong in his favor. Uh, it's not obviously going to be his lopsided, but I would say he's still probably going to be like, you know, minus 200 going into that. I think that's probably where it lies. Which is nothing considering that he was like minus 700 when this fight went yeah. off against Sean Strickland. Strickland came in at Bet MGM as a 5-1 to one underdog. It is going to go down again. Do you think Strickland can do the same thing? Because we talk about rematches a lot on this show, and I almost always take the guy that's trying to avenge the loss. It just feels like he has more to gain in case it's a close fight. The promotion could always say, all right, let's just give him the, 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 the nod here and then we can have a trilogy. Kind of like Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor too. You could argue Nate won that fight, but once Conor got his hand raised, it was like, ah, oh well, at least we're going to get a third one. I, I actually think that I would bet Sean Strickland going into another fight only because it was so one-sided. And look, maybe it was a... Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena the first time around. Just a bad night. You know what I mean? We all have them at work. Just not a good day at the office. And that's kind of what Izzy said. That's not really what I saw. Because we've seen Adesanya fight every style of fighter. Anderson Silva, Joel Romero, Jared Cannonier, Marvin Vittori, Paolo Costa. He's taken on all challengers. And the thing that surprised me the most, I guess, is I didn't think that Sean Strickland, particularly with his jab, was going to be able to connect as often. It was like Adesanya seen this style before. I think that what happened is in the first round, he got his bell rung, completely rung. And at that point, Izzy just couldn't come back for whatever reason. Well, I think that to, to go back to Jake's point about the coaching, you really have to give them a lot of credit because I think in the middle of that fight, Sean wasn't probably pressing enough and not realizing in front of him that he had a big advantage on Izzy. So you have to give them a lot of credit to to instill that confidence in him, uh, you know, to know that he really could go and finish this off and not to make it a, a boring decision because if they would have put it in the hands of the judges, I think Izzy can do some dazzling things and trick people, but he just put it on him so much that he really took a complete control of it. But I really see no reason why he can't do it again because he did it over 25 minutes. Like, Usually when I am looking at a guy and saying, well, what's going to go different the next time? 
like when I picked Izzy in the rematch against Bejeda, I was like, well, he was winning most of that fight. He just made a big mistake. Same thing when I picked Usman against Leon. Now, one worked out, one didn't. But my logic usually with this is if you if it's a moment, I can forgive it. If it's for that long of a fight, I have to think there's some stylistic stuff he has to make up. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. I just couldn't say it as well, and it took me longer. It was just so one-sided. It was like, that wasn't a fluke. Either was Volkov in the co-main event subbing Taitui Vasa. We love both those guys. Volkov, man, feels like he is on the rise. I don't know. I'm not going to say he's going to hold the belt within the next year or anything like that, but he's on a nice little run here. Yeah, he's definitely like the uh, probably the least, you know, sexy candidate that's in there because he's just been around forever. You know, he's Bellator heavyweight champion. He's changed back tattoos. He's been along, around that long. His English, uh, though. I, have you heard how good, like, when we brought him on the show this time a year ago and he invited us to go polar bear fishing in Russia, he had to have his interpreter and had to. But yeah. When I say had to, he really had to. He took the press conference. He took the microphone in the cage afterwards. His English is better than ours, which isn't saying much. No, it's not saying much. But, no, it's always impressive. Like, it's, you know, these guys, you know, work uh, so hard and also have to learn another language to promote themselves. And I do think that, you know, can be helpful in some ways to, to lead up to a fight. But, man, look, he's uh, – I think DC said it best on the broadcast. Like, he's a guy that – feels like he has all the tools it's just why he hasn't maybe put it all together and i don't know if that's just because of the physical package that he is because of how big he is it's tough to to have that margin for error always there but man i thought that he was very very impressive and and ty is is still dangerous but you know he he really took it to him in a lot of ways speaking of impressive last saturday night and it was fun so manel cop took out Felipe Santos, and then had the back and forth with Kai Carr France. I love that. That, that was my one of my favorite parts of the whole night. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, until his uh, his his slip up there at the end, I thought it was a great build up for their it fight. Got a, it got a little, it got a little yeah, weird. It got were, a little uncomfortable. People were getting a little too loose in Australia. Um, I don't know what the hell was going on with that, but uh, no, man, it was a good performance, and I thought that uh, you know, to for the, for that kid to push Manel the way that he did I thought was really really impressive because you know the, that's a guy who's been in there with some of the best guys he's been in there with the champ and a close decision so he really showed something for his uh his debut and a last minute replacement but I am interested in the Kai Car France that was supposed to be the matchup feels uh like they have to make that let's spin the wheels forward here on tapped out Actually, coming up a little later on this podcast, you're going to have a conversation with one Jack Della Magdalena. He's a minus 155 favorite against Kevin Hall on the Saturday night. I'm surprised about that. I feel like Kevin Holland is fighting better than he ever has. He's got a ton of confidence right now. That's a pick if I've ever seen one. I agree with you. I was a little surprised by that, too. I actually uh, I didn't know that up until today. I hadn't looked at the uh, the odds for that fight. Because uh, I had assumed that Kevin Holland would have been the favorite just because of his popularity, because he's rolling a little bit. Uh, it's interesting. I think that he is one of these guys, a little bit like Sean Strickland, in that I, I don't know if anybody ever is going to consider Kevin Holland championship good. But, you know, he is shown just a propensity to keep improving, keep improving. Obviously, he's known for his his mouth and he's known for stirring it up outside the cage and he's known for. Uh, his electric uh, striking, and he's had some slip-ups, but, man, he's he's a really, really he, – he's a handful. He could really knock you out from anywhere. But JDM is uh, is no joke either, even though his last performance wasn't very impressive. Um, 
on the rise up to it, you know, he had some opponent switch ups. He was supposed to fight Sean Brady. Then they changed his week. So I'm hoping for him to have a better performance just because, you know, this is who he's supposed to face and he's got the date down. JDM still undefeated in the octagon, by the way, and he's finished four out of those six fights. He can choke you out. He can knock you out. Very interesting fight on Saturday night against Kevin Holland. Real quick, back to Sean Strickland. I know I care about pound-for-pound rankings more than you do. Did you see who number seven and number eight are as of this moment? Sean Strickland and Sean O'Malley, the number seven and eight pound-for-pound fighters in the world. What kind of a bizarro universe we living in right now? Well, it's interesting, man. Like, you just look at all the champions. Like, this is just such a different era right now. I mean, Isn't it? all of them, other than Alexander Volkanovsky, basically changed hands this year, I think, is what, what has happened. And Just wait till Colby really... beats Leon. You want a real shakeup? Yeah. Colby champion, Sean champion, Sean champion? Goodness. I, I just think that it's such an interesting time right now because I do think that we're guilty of most of the time like saying, ah, this guy hasn't been on this stage, so why is he going to have the success? And I get the logic, and sometimes it's worked out, but I just feel like, man, it just feels like the the, the belts are up for grabs against the quote-unquote dominant guys more than ever because I don't know if the talent gap is closing or those guys are just hitting the end of their runs, but this is a wild time right now in the UFC. Not just guys, gals too, right? Valentina's not on top of her game anymore. We had Amanda retire. There's clearly a changing of the guard going on in the UFC right now, which is kind of ironic because their merge with WWE is now official. So it's a new era of the UFC. We'll keep talking about it. Keep making some money along the way right here on Tapped Out. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Welcome back in, everybody. I'm very excited to talk to our next guest. He's a bad dude right here. This guy is one of the best young up-and-coming stars in the UFC. Jack Della Maddalena, he is joining us here. JDM, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Pleasure, Brendan. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, we're very, very excited about this, man. This fight against you and Kevin Holland, it has uh, another performance of the night written all over it for you. Uh, how, how, how jacked up are you for this matchup? Yeah, I agree. I've, I reckon it's got performances that I've written all over it, and I'm excited. I'm really keen to get in there and test myself. He's uh, He was down here a couple of fights ago in Miami, and he was uh, stirring a lot of stuff up during fight week. Do you care about that stuff? Are you going to kind of keep to yourself? Because he can be a bit of an antagonist. How much do you anticipate that'll be part of the gamesmanship this week? Um, I, I mean, it's already Wednesday, and I haven't really had anything to do with him, so I'm happy as. But uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I think that's when it really matters. I don't really – yeah, whatever. I mean, for whatever he brings. But Saturday is what I'm ready for. Like, I know nothing can happen until then. Is, is there anything to uh, the talking that he does in the cage that you simulate? Are you looking forward to that? Uh, just uh, of you guys, of whatever will come with that? Or do you think the fight, it's mostly just going to be the fight that matters? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to be zoned in. So, yeah, I'm going to embrace it. If he is talking, it's interesting to see what he's got to say. But I don't think I'm going to be really, probably won't even understand what he's saying, to be honest. I'll be in the zone. I'm going to try and get in his face. If he talks, I'm going to keep putting the pressure on. Has there ever been a time during a fight, like, I'm sure you're listening out for, like, coaches and things like that, but there's, has there ever been a time where, like, somebody said something weird in a crowd or something that, like, that kind of just threw you even at, at any level of, of MMA? Uh, not really. I mean, the closest thing I can remember is, like, here fighting last time at the Apex, I remember hearing the commentators, which I've never really noticed before, but this time I... I did, but in terms of an opponent, never. I've never really had an opponent that's talked to me, so it's going to be interesting. Jack, you've, uh, you, you're widely regarded as like one of the best boxers that steps inside the octagon. Who were your, if, if you were a big boxing fan, who were your big boxing idols, I guess, get, getting into fighting? Um, I like to, I've watched heaps of boxers, so there wasn't really one that I like stepped out from the others. I like watching, obviously, like Canelo and Triple G. And then some old school guys like Sugar Ray Robinson. He's pretty cool to watch, but whatever. I like, love watching boxing, but yeah, I plan on being the best fighter in the UFC, so I don't really, I'm not too into that that uh, title, to be honest. Not into being uh, boxed in on just one thing. But like, yeah. is there is there something to the idea like, um, you know, the guys who are talked about that, the, the I guess, the beauty and I guess your precision in boxing or, or whatever skills you have, like, how do you think that that benefits you of being technical, even though you're an all-action fighter? A lot of your fights are, are super thrilling. How are you so good on your technique when things get wild? Um, I feel like that's it. That's what I like to – what I find is the most important part is to rely on technique. Fundamentals in the fire is what I'm about. So I just try and practice the basics a lot and then try and do the basics in a fight. I don't think I do anything too – wild just the basics is there ever a time it's uh is there a time you ever recall that that instinct is hard to uh to keep on a hold to like where you do want to get wilder or crazy on, on certain moments yeah i feel like that with my last fight i think i uh, got a bit too wild 
So that was one of the things I probably want to train from the last phase. What you say, I probably just stuck in the pocket for too long and tried to make it a crazy fight rather than just trying to pick my shots. So it's a balancing act, though, making it exciting, but also keep the technique and try and get in unscathed. But Jaden, that had to be so hard because of all the changes that you had to go through. I imagine in something like that, you kind of are just based on like what's good with me. What what can I dig down? Because hell, man, I can't even imagine what that was like. You have this opponent drop out. Maybe you're gonna fight here. So that had to be unbelievably, I guess, frustrating and a big mental challenge for you too. On top of that, you got to go fight a guy in a cage. For sure, for sure. But it was exciting as well. It's a cool story. You know, it makes for a better story in the future so but it was fun but that's the thing i think i went in there i was just had all that built up energy and i just probably let it explode rather than being clever but it was a lot of fun and it was a cool story so i'm glad i went through it how much uh are you enjoying i guess the 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 time that like now you're you know it's ranked guys you know you were supposed to take on sean brady and kind of start that climb but just this this starting to climb up this very talented welterweight division how much uh, excitement do you have just for that, that you're finally on, on kind of the path of knocking off guys to eventually become a world champ? Yeah, no, I feel great. Like I just want to, yeah, one fight at a time. I want to just keep climbing and, but I want to be consistent. You know, I don't, I want to have this time next year. I hope I have a, another four fights, just stay consistent and keep building one fight after another. I'm curious to get your perspective on this JDM because uh, we just saw this past week Israel Adesanya uh, lose the title and nobody really thought oh, the odds makers had you know Sean Strickland is one of the biggest underdogs out there and it's so insane to see in this sport all of the greats have a little bit of vulnerability it's so hard to hold on to the belt long as a guy who's kind of getting ready for uh, a run at the title. Is that inspiring at all when you see, man, anybody kind of can be beat. It can happen at any time. It can, the call can kind of happen whenever. What is your perspective, I guess, of all of these champions being knocked out? The guys who had had the belts for a long time, even Valentina, who, you know, is in the main event this week. We're seeing a lot of that now where the young up-and-comers are, are kind of taking over. Yeah, for sure. As you said, you can't count anyone out. This is a sport where... I think it's a lot to do with the mental game and you never know who's going to show up on the day and who's not and whoever does has a big advantage. So anyone can win. It was cool to see just knowing that, yeah, the greats can be beat. Anyone can win on any given day. But that's what makes the sport so great. You Like it's, you can have these crazy, crazy streaks, but someone's always going to be there. They can take it. How much do you think that people don't understand how good are the guys that we don't know yet? Because, like, I feel like as a gas bag who talks about this sport, we're always talking about, oh, this guy hasn't been on this stage yet or this guy hasn't done that. But you guys are throwing in so many rounds with guys at gyms and and the best yeah. of the best, and people just don't see it yet. So, like, how much do you think that's overlooked in the sport of just what you guys are doing to get ready for the elite moments that you guys haven't faced yet, you know? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, it's just like timing, just timing for the right time. And then it's, yeah, you have to make everything come together on the night, which is what it's about. And yeah, and that's why you do see guys beat the, the, like that you do see underdogs win. You see new guys come in and win because they're very good. And any anyone can win. It's the truth on the night. In the, uh, in the preparation for this fight against Kevin Holland, uh, you know, he can come with some weird strikes from kind of anywhere. 
how do you prepare for that? Like, what, how do you how do you get ready for the uh, the unorthodox power shots that may come from anywhere? The the wild man kind of style that he can have. It's hard to prepare for the unexpected, so it's just a matter of yeah, just waiting for the moment and then staying calm and pulling the trigger when I need to. But definitely just being defensively sound and waiting for my time and slowly put the damage on. You mentioned uh, earlier in the interview, like you want to be in his face. Uh, how, how, I guess, how quick do you expect to want to make that impact known that, like, I want that you want to dictate, I guess, the distance of that fight? Yeah, I think I got to get in, get in early and start damaging him. You know, I want to get him on the back foot as quickly as possible to get that finish. Yeah, you're certainly very good at that, man. Uh, you, you definitely uh, you are uh, one of the more entertaining guys coming up. This uh, welterweight division, what would you like to see as the path? I've seen the the, the clip-ins this week. You've mentioned a, a guy like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Seems to be a, a popular guy you young up-and-comers want to get in there with. Why does a guy like Wonderboy Thompson, why would that intrigue you? I mean, yeah, um, I wouldn't. He's a legend, you know, and uh, I think they, saw, they, they chucked his name at me, so I was in straight away, but. I don't know. Maybe he's taking a different path. I don't know. Whoever, anyone in the top 15, I would get excited about and think is a good challenge, you know? So I want to keep climbing. I want to fight again by the end of the year and just stay consistent, keep beating people in the top 15. How do you, uh, that we've seen <laughs> some, some guys kind of rise up like, uh, like Ian Gary and, and Shavkat Rachmanov, you know, you guys all seem to be coming. What do you think about your, your skills up against a guy, uh, a guy like Ian and a guy like Shavkat? Yeah, I think I'll beat them both, to be honest, and I'm ready to fight them. I think, yeah, we'll, we're definitely going to fight in the future. I think it's almost inevitable, and I look forward to it. I think they're both going to be great fights, but I think I'll beat both of them. Uh, before we get you out of here, JDM, one thing I'm always, uh, you know, I think as Americans, we see sometimes people from Australia, and we're always marveling at things. I've talked to Alexander Volkanovsky. He goes shark diving before fights because he thinks it helps with his <laughs> breathing. That feels just very Australia to me. Do you have anything that Americans think are weird, but you think is just normal that is a little bit crazy? A little, I don't know. Not really. No, I don't think so. We play the rugby, play rugby a bit. I don't know. I like to go surfing in general, but there's no waves in Las Vegas. But if there were, if there was some waves, I would take them. Well, it's, it's, but nothing wild. It's terrifying over there, man. You got the great whites. You have like, have you seen scary animals in the water like that? I've been in, I've been shot. I've been in like a, the closest I've been is in like a cage in the great, with great whites in the ocean. It's pretty, it's pretty insane to see them in the water. They're just way bigger when you see them in person. But, but, but why? Why would you do that? Why would you get, why would you volunteer yourself to get into a cage with a great white or near a great white? Well, I just imagine the cage, I would imagine the cage would protect me, you know? I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know how I don't know how big that cage would be for me to, to have to trust. I do know, listen, being in a cage with you must be absolutely dangerous. It is super entertaining, and we can't wait to see you coming up. ESPN Plus, you can see Jack Della, Madalena coming up against Kevin Holland this week on ESPN Plus. They are the co-main event of uh, Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko. Thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate the time. Pleasure, Brendan. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, man.
Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the cage with Brendan Tobin in Are You Gonna Fight Me? I'm gonna fight your ass! Here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man! Only on the BetQL Network. You know the rules. I want a good, clean fight. When I tell you to break, I want you to step back up my command and break. Now go back to the corner and come out fighting at the bell. All right, welcome back into Tapped Out here, BetQL Network. Maybe you're checking us out on YouTube on the Odyssey app right now. Time to fight each other. Lace them up. Meet me in the middle of the octagon. Because here we go. Two men. See who gets knocked out. Of the champions, we've been talking about them a lot during this show. Sean O'Malley and Sean Strickland. You're going to fight me if I say, I think Sean Strickland has his belt longer. Wow. Um, hmm. Let me give you my rationale. I'll give you a second to think about it here. I do For Sean O'Malley, O'Malley's next fight is likely going to be against Cheeto Vera, right? We agree with mm-hmm. that? That's the most likely. Yep. Well, I'm pretty sure I saw that fight happen one time, and I'm pretty sure Marlon Vera won the fight. Unless I'm True. completely crazy. I saw those guys fight, and Sean O'Malley lost. I just saw Sean Strickland in a fight with Israel Adesanya, and it wasn't even close. So if you're telling me that these guys are going to fight each other again, 
I think it's more likely that Sean Strickland beats Adesanya again. That's such a good question, man. I think um, I think I'm going to go with O'Malley holding it longer just because I'm looking down the barrel at Sean. I do think that he could beat Izzy again, but DDP's been on a, on a run right now, and he's looked very vicious. I think it'd be interesting to see him versus Robert Whitaker. I know people are a little bit down on Robert Whitaker, but I think he could get, get him again. And then, you know, him versus Hamzat or him versus Paolo, both really dangerous guys, uh, both a little bit different from Izzy. They bring a little bit more thump that we've seen. Uh, you know, if you can get to Sean's chin, it, it can it can be got. But I look at that, and I think that, uh, you know, Sean O'Malley, you know, Marab maybe has the best chance to beat him, but I do think that his striking is uh, is going to be interesting to see where his confidence level's at right now. Um, but it's a good question, man. I think I'll, I'll I will stick with uh, with with O'Malley keeping the belt longer, though. Before you had on a uh, Jack Gallon Magdalena, that was a cool interview with that guy. We were talking about the pound for pound rankings. No surprise, John Jones one, Volkanovski two, Islam three. You got Leon, Oliveira, Usman. And then Sean Strickland and Sean O'Malley. It's like some of the greatest fighters of all time, first ballot Hall of Famers, absolute legends. A couple of those guys maybe on Mount Rushmore in the case of Volkanovski and John Jones. And then right there behind them is Sean Strickland and Sean O'Malley. Just a crazy time if you're a fan of the sport. Speaking of Islam and Charles Oliveira, we're about a month away from Islam Oliveira too. You're going to fight me if I say, and I'm not going to tell you the outcome, but I would be completely shocked if we see the same fight we did the first time, right? Like Charles Oliveira got completely dominated. I'll be stunned if that happens again. You're making a face. You'll be stunned? Like you'll stunned. be stunned if that happens again? Shocked, he said. Befuddled. I don't know. I, I you know, I got to fight you on that. Like what I would be, I think, stunned. Like the only thing that would stun me is if Charles Oliveira came back and did it back to Izzy. But so like, you wouldn't be stunned if Izzy, if Israel had a, uh, if uh, excuse me, if Islam won, but you would be stunned that he does it easily. Well, yeah, but go back to or what you, you just said. You, you think Charlie quick, go back to what is you just said. No, 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 this is on you now. You just said you'd be stunned if Charles Oliveira goes out there and beats him up really quick. Why? Yeah. We've seen them do that to a million people. He was the champion. He did that time and time again. He did that to Justin Gaethje. Why would you be surprised if he does that? Because I just saw him get his 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 butt kicked by Islam, man. It was just it was like it really wasn't close at all. I don't know. I just I feel like once you got the style to do that to somebody and like not even feel like you broke a sweat in the middle of the fight, you gotta you're gonna have to do a lot to convince me to to tell me that oh the opposite's gonna happen and it's gonna take more than one win from uh, Oliveira to do that. Well, the win that Oliveira had against Benny Daryush was really impressive, and on the flip side yes. of that. Didn't we see that Islam maybe isn't the invincible monster that we thought he was? Hell, Volkanovski won that fight. Let's be honest with ourselves. Islam should be coming yeah. in off a walk. Yes, but I think that speaks more about Volkanovski than I think it does Islam. I think right now Volk just may be that dude. I, I think that has more to do with I don't think Alexander Volkanovski and Charles Oliveira are on the same planet right now. I think, honestly, Volkanovski has been so damn impressive. He may just be the only guy who's close to the – he, he's not on John Jones' planet, but every once in a while, the moon gets to kind of be around it. Love it. I, we've been doing this show now for two years, and I would say that's one of the more impressive things during that time that we've seen is Volkanovski was really, really good. He was really good. He's become an all-time great 
over the last couple of years. Even in a loss against Islam, he earns more respect. I'm with you. Like, if you want to tell me, twist my arm, that he's the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, I'm cool with that. I think it's it, it's it, it kind of reminds me like of what Khabib was doing when Khabib stepped away. Like I felt like the guy was getting better every time he went in there, and that's what it was kind of the shame about him walking away when he did, because like man, he looked more impressive against Gaethje than he did against anybody when he walked away. And I think with Volk, he's like, and we're seeing right now how hard this is right now on top of champion, all the different styles you have to take on. And yes, he technically just lost, but he went up and wait to do it. I'm not holding that against him, just like I didn't hold it against Israel Adesanya to lose to Jan. That was a balls move by him. He looked fantastic. It was what we thought was a win. Um, so I, I just, I don't, I, I don't look at that to, to Islam Makachev and say, that's bad on you for making that close. I think to me, I still go back to the style of the last fight and be like, he diced up Charlie Olives. Like, and I think that he's going to be making himself a new championship martini. Well, we've seen that size or weight doesn't necessarily matter in the case of uh, Alex Volkanovsky. So prime Volk versus prime Khabib, catch weight, who wins? Wow. Um, I'm, oh, man, that's a good question. I guess I'm going to go Khabib because I think he's a little bit better on the ground than uh, than Islam is even though, you know, Islam probably brings a little bit better of uh, action with the hands and whatnot, but it's close, man. It's close. It's probably as close. As, it's probably the best guy against Khabib that I would think like, yeah, I could see him beating him, but I think I still, I'd still pick Nurmagomedov. When we look back at history, I wonder which guy is going to be considered the better fighter. That's interesting because Khabib right now in a lot of people's Mount Rushmore, I think that Volkanovsky is really in his rearview mirror. Hamza Jemaya Paolo Costa is only a month away also. You're going to fight me if I say, if Hamza loses, his mystique's kind of gone. Not going to fight you on that. It's a huge fight for him. Uh, he's been away for a long time. We waited forever for him to pick a damn weight class. Uh, it, it's probably one of the more high-stakes non-championship fights that the UFC has out there right now because I think if he wins, man, you're talking about this guy is right there with you know, Sean Strickland and the next wave of champions. And if he can, you know, he's going to prove that he's at that championship level. And, you know, I think that Hamza could probably beat Sean Strickland, but if he loses, yeah, then you have a lot of window dressing. You got a, a lot of window dressing to do. I don't really know where he goes after that. So huge pressure fight against a really dangerous fighter in, in, in Paulo Costa. This dude's had the weirdest UFC and he's very young, very early in this thing. But nobody heard of him. I want to say he was an underdog or a pick him in his first fight on Fight Island. Whooped ass, then fought again a week later. Whooped ass again. Dana fell in love with him. Everybody knew who he was. And then he kind of became this name, this monster. And he fought a couple of dudes, right? Knocked out Gerald Mearshart, whatever. And then you think about his fight versus Gilbert Burns. I think a lot of people thought, okay, maybe he's still really good, but not invincible. Then he missed weight. Now everybody started. And then he's gone away. You're right. Like, not only does the UFC have a lot riding on Hamzad, but Jemayev himself has a ton riding coming up on this next fight. Huge, huge stakes for him. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because we kind of, like, he kind of was doing, like, the Khabib light, even though he's heavier. But, like, he was doing kind of the gimmick. And then, yeah, like, just it. kind of, he let, went, like, all kind of bad guy with not making the weight and stuff. So, like, yeah, the UFC doesn't have a lot of those pure bad guys. I think, like, people probably thought Sean Strickland was going to do that. 
he kind of had one of the more wholesome we were talking about this last show like oh what's his post show interview gonna be like or what's his post win interview what would that be like and it was pretty nice it was very wholesome i told you it was a, it was a, you guys it was a you guys laughed at me i told you he was gonna be a nice guy then you got hamzad i kill everybody yeah i mean well the thing that's interesting is you know sean says yeah sean said a lot of flaky stuff for sure but like when we've interviewed him he's a charming guy he is like it's not he's he's just it literally feels like you're talking to a dude at the bar like that's what it is and he's a bit of a neanderthal but i think he admits that and it's it's tough like we want what did we we talked to him for like probably like 15 minutes one of our longer interviews and he was yeah. i think it kind of came well like oh, i like that guy oh, he was super cool did, was he one of the guys that commented on your eyes i don't blame him but did he i don't know somebody Jimmy it's not just me and Jimmy Butler. There, I know it's, it's me and Jimmy Butler, but I feel like there's a fighter too that particularly was like, "Man, that dude's eyes are beautiful," and they are if you're not watching on YouTube. Um, all right, let's talk a little football here. The Chiefs lost their first game of the year. Somebody told me, um, "You're gonna fight me if I say they work Jacksonville this week. They take out all their anger, right? You probably get Kelsey back, Chris Jones probably back. Right now, I bet MGM Chiefs are three point favorites. I think they smoke them." I'm not going to fight you. I watched Jacksonville versus the Colts last week. They almost lost to the Colts with uh, Anthony Richardson uh, throwing them a bad pick to kind of put it away for him. I, I'm not like this huge believer in Jacksonville. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, baby. One thing that I, I, I bet Patrick Mahomes wouldn't fight me on is there's not a weekend that he's gone to sleep more that he has missed the cheetah than this past weekend. Because did you see what the cheetah did to the Chargers? <laughs> Yo, yo, he went off and Tua looks like the quarterback that you've been telling me that he is for the last couple of years. And every single time I'm like, no, I don't really think so. Combining with Aaron Rodgers injury, right? And then you look kind of at the rest of that division. I've been trying to tell anybody that would listen that Josh Allen is not an elite Oof. quarterback. You, you can't turn the ball over that much. And this is before his four turnovers that we saw on Monday night. I said this last year. He turned it over, like, I want to say 30-something. What was it, 20? They had 27-something turnovers last year. You can't be an elite quarterback and have that happen. Would you not? I don't think you're going to fight me if I say, all of a sudden, two is the best quarterback in this division. I've been saying that, dude. I've been telling you. all. Like, everybody's sitting here. They're worried about his head. He took jujitsu. The kid's got it down, man. And, and by the way, everybody's always talking about the arm this, the arm that. That dude throws takes more deep chances than anybody in the league. The difference is he's not a dummy who throws it to the other team like Josh Allen. His like a soft, like a soft pillow right into T Tyreek Hill's arms all the time. Those guys, I, it's the best show in the NFL right now, those two. Okay. We've seen it for a week. Calm down a little bit. Best we show. all know that's in my backyard. No, no, it's in we, saw it, we saw it a lot last year. Is Look, we all know the AFC Championship game's happening in Arrowhead 15 minutes from here. And I'm not even saying that being a cocky jerk. It's happened that way for the last, what, point. five years in a row. Is Miami coming here? Oh, man. They might be. And they got to get their defense straightened out. Their defense was really bad. I mean, like, they got gutted up the middle by the run game. But, woo, that offense is good, dude. I mean, they, they honestly should have scored more points. They had a stupid fumble exchange, the opening drive. I mean, it was it was, it was – the most exciting, I mean, probably since the Ravens game last year, but that was like a monster comeback, and that team was really hurt. This was such a fun game. They are a show. I'll buy you some burn-ins. You can sleep on the couch if you need to. I don't have great water pressure when it comes to the shower, but 
deal with it. Brendan Tobin, Jake Novaker, Sports Machine, Sean Levine coming up next. We put a bow on this bad boy. We appreciate you checking us out right here on Tapped Out. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tapping out here on Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin, Jake Noaker. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Let's get to some news and notes when it comes to 
the world of fighting. Let's step into your world real quick. Boxing, we're a couple of weeks out from Jamel Charlo taking on Canelo Alvarez. What are your expectations in this fight? Because I've told you since Bebel beat up, and I mean beat up Canelo, that he's just not the same dude anymore. And you always tell me, calm down. Yes, he is. Does he beat Charlo? Jamel Charlo. I I, I think he does beat Jamel Charlo. Charlo is uh it, it's interesting. You it's probably the guy who's got the best one punch knockout power that he's faced in a while, but he is coming up in weight. I don't know how that's gonna translate for Jamel. Um, but Jamel, I, I think the thing that's impressive about him is he's not your run of the mill, been undisputed champion at 154, not your run of the mill guy who is you know, had the cleanest rise. He's had to bounce back from losses like Tony Harrison, but he's also not a guy who's fought nobody and Canelo's his big shot. He's been in there with really tough guys, and so he is battle-tested. It's just a matter of how is he going to be coming up against uh, the weight, you know? Like, he's jumping from 154 to 168, and he's not Terrence Crawford. You know, like, when I'm talking like Terrence Crawford, like, oh, well, Terrence Crawford's a sensational boxer, he could box the socks off Canelo just like Bevel did. I don't know if the size will be everything for Canelo. Um, Charlo very much feels like he's the guy who's got the puncher's chance. Like he's got to catch Canelo with something, and uh, and that's got to be the route to go beating him. I don't know if he can win a decision against him. Okay, let's go down this path. Right now, Charlo's plus 330. You can get Canelo at minus 420, so he's a huge favorite to win. Real quick, what if we see the Bevel canelo rematch? Who do you think wins that? I think Bevel, you know, like it's just there's just a certain style to get and bother Canelo. And it's usually kind of similar to how Sean Strickland won last week against Izzy. If you have that stiff jab and you can keep him at a distance and you can lull Canelo and keep him from being the bully, you're usually going to have a lot of success. And though he doesn't have a lot of losses on his resume, he's got some real close, squeaky, controversial wins. You think Kennedy Golovkin the first fight? You think Arislandi Lara? You think Austin Trout? They could have gone the other way. He just happened to get the nod those nights. So you think Bevel has a better chance to beat Canelo than either Charlo or Bud Crawford? Because I told you this when we had this conversation, I think, off air. I think Bud Crawford would whoop his ass. Yeah, no, I think that, well, I guess I would say Bevel's got a better chance because Bevel kind of cleaned him out. So, yeah. Um, but no, I think, I think Terrence Crawford definitely could be Canelo. I, I just think his boxing skill is so good. I think we're seeing a generational guy and, and I think that it's great that he's finally on the stage. It took long enough for him to get here. Um, Canelo is a show like it's great. Like he is knocked out and been sensational and been a real risk taker going up in weight class. Canelo probably should have been a 154 fighter and just stay there's five, eight, you know? So the fact that he's gone up all the way to light heavyweight and had success in beating some guys is impressive. But he does have his limitations, and he is getting older, and he has been. Dude, I mean, Canelo's been fighting since he's a, a kid, you know? Like, what? I think Canelo's younger than Terrence Crawford, but he's been doing this and been fighting men and, you know, has been in main events for a long, long time. I do think that eventually catches up with you. Jake, let me know how old Canelo is, because I don't think he's as old as most people think. I want to say 32, maybe? Or is that too young? I, I feel like Let's a lot of people... 33. Thir- th- yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he probably, like, years-wise, he has plenty left. We'll see how much, obviously, Tred's been taking off those tires, because he's been in a lot of 
long fights. Let's stay boxing real quick. Tyson Fury says that he's going to beat Francis Ngannou in the ring, and then when they step into the cage, if they do that, it would be awesome. Fury says he'd beat him there too. That's silly, right? I mean, we're all on the same yes. page that Tyson Fury wins a boxing match, Francis Ngannou wins an MMA match. That's it, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's oh. the way it's supposed to be. I, and I think that, but I think, it, it, look, I will give huge props to Tyson Fury if he has the cajones to go out there, step into the cage, and get it done. You any know? of these like dudes, it, any of these dudes that goes, say they're down to do it, if Jake Paul does it, I'll pat him on the ass. Like any of these guys that get in the boxing ring, it's one thing with the big gloves against, you know, Jake Paul's been able to pick the Ben Askren type fighters. You get in there, mixed martial arts, four ounce gloves, and they 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 close that cage door behind you. That's where you get my respect. Oh, for sure. And I think you get more. It's funny, man, because it's tough to know what fan base is more fickle. But I do feel like MMA fans do embrace the freak show a little bit more, probably because the sure. sports at time was looked as a freak show. Like Jake Paul is going to get more credit for the first MMA fight that he takes than all of his boxing matches was put together for sure. Well, think about how we got into this whole thing. It, like you said, this whole thing, UFC won, it was a freak show, right? It was like a 160, 70-pound fighter beating a 400-pound fighter to move on to the next round. Like, that's that's what this whole thing was made on. Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, talking a little fighting here on Tapped Out. And we've got, what do they call them? UFC Fight Night this Saturday? UFC Noche, dude. That's great. Well, that is great. I love it. I love it when they used to have titles for every show. Main event, Alexa Grasso, the underdog against Valentina Shevchenko. The Bolt, minus 165. Grasso, plus 140 in a rematch. We talk a lot about what we thought the odds were going to be heading into a fight. How is Valentina the favorite? She hasn't looked like herself in well over a year. Yeah, this one is, this is kind of like the classic, if we, right now, that's about what I think Sean Strickland versus Izzy would be. But sure. I agree with you. Um, I think that this last fight, I don't think that Alexa Grasso just pulled one out of the hat. I thought she looked good. She got Valentina. To your point, Valentina's kind of been looking a little bit shaky the last couple times around. She has not looked like the unstoppable force that I think there was a time Valentina looked like, oh, no one's going to beat her. No one's going to touch her. A year and a half um, ago. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. And I but I just think that it's a tough it's a tough thing, man. It's it, this and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's more fighters are just catching up. I don't know if it's the it, people are getting better suited to train. I don't know what it is, but we look around right now and it's a uh it's it's so interesting to see all these long-reigning champions get upended and I think that it's really made me rethink a lot of the stuff because, you know, we get on these this every week and we're like, oh, well, this guy's been on the stage. This guy hasn't done it yet. But, man, these guys are just showing themselves to be so well prepped. The coaching is so good to go and take out these icons. Um, but, yeah, you give me Alexa Grasso as a dog, why wouldn't I take her? She she was, uh, she was looked fantastic the last time around, and I feel like she probably is improving, whereas Valentina – you know, I think that there may be a little bit of a decline there. Underdogs in our sport, it is the time. Like, if you want to make some money betting on any sport and you just have a little bit of change to lay down, put a little bit on Sean Strickland. Put a little bit about on Sean O'Malley, right? Put a little bit on the bolt to lose a fight. Crazy, crazy times. Um, speaking of, we're not that far away from UFC 300. We're, what, now six pay-per-views away. Connor and Bulk have been going back and forth just a little bit here. 
what are your inclinations? Like, what do you think they're thinking for UFC 300 as far as main event fight, main event fires? Do you think they already have something in mind or we just kind of let this thing play out? Yeah, I think we got to still let it play out, man, because honestly, I thought, I thought Izzy... Izzy versus Hamzat was kind of like my front runner. I was like, oh, because, you know, I don't know about Connor. You know, I'm taking Connor out of the ring right now because, you know, fight, fight, and then let me, we'll talk about you being at 300. Yeah. If he could fight at And John, too. At this point, you, you got to take John out of the equation, too, because yeah, he said he's yeah. probably going to retire. Yeah. John's telling me he's going to retire. So if I had to go with active matchups, I would have been like, oh, probably going to be Israel out of Izzy versus Hamzat. That's a really big fight. I think that's, that's really good. Now, Obviously, that's uh, that's that's got to throw in a wrinkle to it. I don't know, man. I mean, Sean O'Malley, I would say, is probably either Sean or Volk got to be the lead ponies, and it's dependent on the matchup. I don't know if it's either an Islam rematch. Probably that would be if like, I would say that's probably the front runner. Like, if I had to put the odds on what's UFC 300 main event, I would say Volk versus Islam too. So O'Malley. In all likelihood, fingers crossed, is going to fight before that. It's going to be against Cheeto. Let's say O'Malley wins that fight, and let's say he's still healthy, just for the sake of this conversation. Maybe Triple C? Maybe that would be a, a UFC 300 type of draw. Perhaps we can wait for the Leon versus Colby fight to happen. We put that on UFC 300. Like you said, Volkanovski still needs a fight coming up. I don't know if it's max four, just yeah. to get people excited on that night. But uh, it's very curious to see. Who ends up getting the bill for that one? It, wow, fast show to it, me. That's it. What do you got? One last thing. Go ahead. No, it's, just, it's interesting because Sean has had, like we talked about, he has a lot of star power, but I would say like the matchups, as good as that division is, it's lacking a little bit of like, it, it, we've it's lacking a little bit of buzz at the top, you know? Like it's, it's not, um, it, it's not quite the sexy matchups, right? So like, I think that's what maybe it's like. So Sean's really got to carry it himself unless Marab does something like, vicious that gets him on top or Corey Sandhagen has like a highlight real knockout but yeah probably the the best buildups going to be him versus Cheeto and I don't really know what tops that do you do you think Cheeto beats O'Malley though like what are the chances that we run into that problem because it feels like at least from O'Malley's perspective since he's had the belt not that he wasn't cocky and arrogant and confident before that but he's talking now like it's going to be impossible to beat him Need I remind you that Cheeto did, I know he says he did it, but Cheeto Vera did beat him. Like, I think there's a pretty good chance Cheeto beats him and screws the whole thing up. You, you know what, dude? Th this sport right now is at a point where if you have a real hot take on something, uh, good for you, but, like, I don't think you, I don't think we know anything anymore. Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's great proof. He has beaten him. Uh, my logic would say, my, my normal sports logic would say, hey, Sean O'Malley, just had this huge win. Cheeto hasn't looked that great. I think he does better this next time around. But right now, UFC could happen, and, you know, he could get head kicked in the first round. Who knows? The only thing I know is we have to stop giving any sort of attention, which is what I'm about to do for the next 30 seconds, to Jake Paul and Logan Paul and Dylan Dennis, and somebody tells me they're fighting each other. Like, so I, I was going on the YouTube wormhole last night. Couldn't get any sleep. and And – Paul versus Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis press conference comes up and I'm like, ah, dude, should That's you? Something. And I, and I did, and I clicked on it like, for like a minute. I couldn't stand it any longer. And it already had 2 million views and it was up there for 10 minutes. Is somebody lying to us or does somebody care about this? What am I missing here? 
I know Dylan Dennis has done like a masterful job promoting this with all the tweets about Logan Paul's fiance, but I've seen that dude shadow box. I have no interest in watching this. He stinks. He stinks. stinks. Now yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'll probably still end up. We'll talk. We'll we'll, I mean, we're going to talk we'll, about we'll it. Talk. But like, we'll, talk. I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk. But I'm not. I don't want to. Dude, you feel so dirty afterwards. It's so (laughs) gross. But we'll do it. All right, that's it. Appreciate you checking us out on YouTube, the Odyssey app. It's tapped out. For my producer, Jake Noaker, and for that guy with those beautiful emerald eyes, Brendan Tobin, I'm merely the sports machine, Sean Levine. We'll talk to you next week.